You're listening to Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shaheed, and this is your host, Momak Shaheed. This episode has to do with Alzheimer's, which is the sixth leading cause of death in adults in the U.S. and most common cause of dementia. It's really on every person's minds these days because a lot of us, due to stress, are being forgetful and what comes right after that is dementia and Alzheimer's. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to really explore some basic understanding of Alzheimer's and some of the things we can do preventatively. Some of the uh, really good information uh, that's out there has to do with Alzheimer's and our intestinal tract, the gut, so to speak. So um, I invite you to listen carefully and do understand the value of prevention in most everything, because it's obviously it's much easier to prevent something than having to deal with a, a full-blown disease. It's always easy to strategize a war than trying to do that as you're fighting a war. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please forward them to me via email, drspodcastshow at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate this podcast. So with no further ado, this is a podcast on Alzheimer's and the gut. All right, let's start talking about Alzheimer's. As I mentioned, Alzheimer's is the sixth leading cause of death in adults in the U.S. and the most common cause of dementia. Dementia, by definition, is shrinkage of the brain. Now, there is a so-called digital dementia, which is not the same thing as um, this kind of dementia. Digital dementia has to do with the fact that so many uh, parts of the brain when it comes to posture and movement and um, in general activities is suppressed as a result of sitting behind a computer or looking at your phone or um, digital devices. And as a result of that, the lack of activity causes what's referred to as negative neuroplasticity and causes the shrinkage of the brain when it comes to uh, those areas of movement and posture and balancing, etc. So this dementia actually has to do with forgetfulness. One in three seniors die from Alzheimer's or dementia in the U.S. This is more than the number killed by breast and prostate cancers combined. Research suggests that the bacteria in your intestinal tract may influence brain functioning and can even promote neurodegeneration. That means degeneration of your nervous system and your nerves. Now your gut, your intestine is actually in a, in a fetus is created at the very, very beginning of the formation of a fetus. And, you know, the whole embryology of uh, human beings is very, very interesting. 
and um, I really suggest that when you get a chance, kind of look into it uh, to learn more about the primitive um, brain or reptilian brain, midbrain, and the neobrain or the very last phase of brain development and what organs are developed during each part of the brain development. So when it comes to your intestinal tract, it's right there from the get-go. And uh, so a team of Swiss and Italian researchers found a connection between imbalanced gut microbiome, the normal flora, the bacteria that live in your intestinal tract, and the development of amyloid plaques in the brain. So just so you know, amyloid plaques are the culprit for uh, all these uh, neurogenic diseases in the brain, uh, Alzheimer's specifically. The study involved a cohort of 89 people between 65 and 85 years of age. Some of them suffered from Alzheimer's disease and other or other neurodegenerative diseases, while others were healthy with no memory problems. The researchers used PET scan to measure amyloid deposition in the brains, then measured markers of inflammation and proteins produced by intestinal bacteria, such as lipopolysaccharides and short-chain fatty acids in their blood. So they did PET scan, measured amyloid, and compared it to the markers like uh, the ones I mentioned, lipopolysaccharides and short-chain fatty acids. The lipopolysaccharides are essentially the cell walls of dead bacteria. So your immune system treats them as if they're living bacteria and behaves as if there's a live bacteria to attack. Lipopolysaccharides and pro-inflammatory are, they are pro-inflammatory. In other words, they cause inflammation and have been found in the amyloid plaques of the brains of Alzheimer's patients. So the study revealed that high blood levels of lipopolysaccharides and the short-chain fatty acids, acetate and valerate, were associated with large amyloid deposits in the brain. Butyrate, a short-chain fatty acid, however, had a protective effect. So high levels of butyrate was associated with less amyloid. So if there was higher levels of acetate and valerate, that was not good. If it was butyrate, that was good. The gut microbiota in people with Alzheimer's disease is different from those without it. In people with Alzheimer's, microbial diversity is reduced. So certain bacteria over are overproduced and other microbes are decreased in population. Neurologist Dr. Giovanni Fersoni, study author and director of the University Hospitals of Geneva Memory Center in Switzerland states, we have also discovered an association between an inflammatory phenomena detected in the blood, certain intestinal bacteria and Alzheimer's disease. Hence the hypothesis that we wanted to test here. Could inflammation in the blood be a mediator between the microbiota and the brain? Dr. Fersoni goes on to say, we must first identify the strains of the cocktail of all these uh, mediators between the microbiota and the brain. 
then a neuroprotective effect could only be effective at a very early stage of the disease with a view to prevention rather than therapy. However, early diagnosis is still one of the main challenges in the management of neurodegenerative diseases as protocols must be developed to identify high-risk individuals and treat them well before the appearance of detectable symptoms. So this is really important at the early stages, but early stages of Alzheimer's, it's not necessarily being detected um, like it should. So what was interesting was, what was interesting was that there is this fasting that we hear so much about, and then the connection between the fasting and Alzheimer's. In neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, fasting is so important because it helps your body to cycle through automatic death or autophagy and the rebuilding phase. Let me read this again. In diseases like Alzheimer's, fasting is important because it helps the body cycle through death of cells and building phases. So autophagy means um, um, basically automatic death. Now autophagy and rebuilding phase, by the way, is not anything new. It happens in so many different parts of our body. For example, in the bones, we have osteoblasts and osteoclasts. I don't want to get geeky here, but blasts create bone cells, clasts take away the old cells that need to be recycled and phased out. So um, um, when it comes to when it comes to medications like Fosomax, what happens is the osteoclast, it basically impairs um, the osteoclast. So osteoclast will not do their job. So they won't remove the dead or low quality bone cells. So there is an accumulation of that. So when we do the bone scan studies, it appears like the person has thicker bone density, which is a a fallacy because (laughs) that doesn't mean you're creating more bone. That just means the old bones are not being cleaned. That's why um, the only phases, the only conditions where the femur, the thigh bone actually crashes just because of the weight of the individual is in cases like Fosomax where Um, the long shaft of the thigh bone actually starts having compression and just the bone starts deteriorating because the, you know, the bones that are there, the bone cells that are there are not quality cells. Anyway, going back to autophagy and rebuilding phase, fasting activates autophagy, like taking out the trash and triggers the regeneration of stem cells. So like in the examples I gave you with the osteoclast and osteoblast, when there's a decrease, when the osteoclasts do their job and take the trash out, uh, there's a decrease in cells that signals the osteoblast to produce more cells, more bone cells. In um, cases of uh, Alzheimer's, 
there, there's a regeneration of stem cells. And by now, more than likely, you know, stem cells are good cells. So um, it really activates autophagy and it takes away the low quality cells. It stimulates stem cells to produce more. And this is according to Dr. Stephen Gundry, who is a former cardiac surgeon, and he currently runs his own clinic investigating the impact of diet on health. He goes on to explain that, quote, we have an amazing repair system that goes to work when you're fasting, not the least of which is letting your gut rest. It's probably one of the smartest things that any of us can do, putting the wall of your gut at rest, not having to absorb nutrients, not having to deal with the constant inflow of lectins or toxins. But I think more importantly, it gives your body a chance to finally do some serious cleaning of your brain. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's have a unifying cause, and that is the brain is defending itself against perceived threat, a lot of which is lipopolysaccharides. If you put your gut at rest and don't have lipopolysaccharides coming into your system, and the longer you can maintain that, realistically, the better off you are. He goes on to say, as Jason Fung would say, intermittent fasting is great. Doing a modified calorie restricted diet is great, but it technically is so much easier to just stop eating. The second level of my modified food pyramid is don't eat anything. Quote closed. So this Dr. Stephen Gundry is really um, um, an expert in the field here. And when it comes to intermittent fasting, uh, just to just throw in a little side notes here uh, related. So we segue into this whole intermittent fasting. It's different in men and women. In women, it's 16 hours. In men, it's 12. So essentially, just think about it. Let's say you have your dinner at 8 o'clock. If you're a man, 8 in the morning, you can have breakfast. And that's intermittent fasting. But that's not a big deal. So for us women, it's 16 hours. So instead of 8, you're skipping breakfast and you're having lunch. I really, really, just, just so you know my thought on this subject, I really have a hard time putting everyone in the same group and saying it's good for everyone because every single one of us are different. Our biochemistry is different, the way we interact, the way, I mean, so many factors are involved in who we are and how we process everything around us, including nutrition. What does make sense is that for the level of activity you and I have, no matter what you're doing, how active you are on the weekends, throughout the day, on average, we have no business eating three meals a day. We have no business eating as much as we eat. And we certainly have no business eating the, eating the types of food we eat. We eat way too much. So if we bring it to a more reasonable, realistic for a level of activity level, I think a lot of these chronic issues will really 
not be part of our life. If we focus on the quality of food versus the taste, you'll see that it makes a huge difference. So we're going on um, on the subject, probiotics show a great deal of effect on Alzheimer's. A 2016 study of 60 Alzheimer's patients looked into the effect of probiotic supplements on cognitive function and found the increase in cognition and lowered triglyceride, very low density lipoprotein, which is LDL, and C-reactive protein, which is a measure of inflammation, as well as reduced markers for insulin resistance. According to Medical News Today, Dr. Walt, I'm going to kill his name, but Lucky, L-U-K-I-W, a professor at Louisiana State University, explains that the GI, gastrointestinal tract microbiome in Alzheimer's patients is significantly altered in composition when compared to age-matched controls, and that both the GI tract and blood-brain barriers become significantly more leaky with aging, thus allowing GI tract microbial exudates like amyloids, lipopolysaccharides, endotoxin, and small non-coding RNAs to access central nervous system compartments. That blood-brain barrier was not put there just by accident. It Really, I mean, your brain has its own system of nutrients that are delivered to it through the cerebral spinal fluid, which circulate around your brain, your spinal column and spinal nerves. That's your central nervous system. And it has its own mechanism. It's almost like uh, putting the president in these, um, with these, underground tunnels in case of emergency they can the president can basically dodge the danger so to speak so when we design medications to bypass this blood brain barrier we're playing with dynamites guys these blood brain barriers become more or I should say less effective as we age. Because at the end of the day, every single one of us are going to live our life and move on. So there's an aging process that's part of it. The issue we have is premature dementia. Another thing is we have these machines that sustain our life not the quality of life being amazing so we live longer. So we have some man-made interference with a lot of things that are natural. So it's wonderful that science can explore these amyloid plaques and find out what kind of bacteria are there, what are they consisted of, how can we slow down the process. At the end of the day, it's not how long we live, it's how we live that should matter. Probiotics influence the nervous system and behavior via the microbiota gut-brain axis. And researchers that um, um, have done research on this have found that both 
this probiotics have both preventative and therapeutic potential for Alzheimer's disease. They modulate the inflammatory process and counteract oxidative stress. For instance, one of the things that I want to bring to your attention, the inflammatory process and oxidative stress is how we age. um, The antioxidants deal with oxidative stress um, um, factors that are created as a result of whatever we're dealing with and frankly part of aging. Researchers suggest that, in quote, it has been found that dysfunction in behavior and cognition is associated with uh, gut microbiota dysbiosis. Dysbiosis is just essentially activation of gut inflammation, which has been regarded as a possible pathogenic cofactor in cognitive deterioration and dementia. So dysbiosis is just not a good thing. So uh, most distinctive alterations in the uh, um, gut microbiota of Alzheimer's patients are decreased uh, anti-inflammatory bacterial species like Bifidobacterium brevistrain A1 and increased of pro-inflammatory flora phyla restoring gut microbiome homeostasis or balance could slow down the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Therefore, gut microbiome has been proposed as a key player in the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease. In other words, pathogenesis means causing disease and might be a new potential therapeutic target for the prevention and treatment of Alzheimer's. Research is still uncovering which bacteria are most beneficial, but Bifidobacterium brevistrain A1 may be of particular use in Alzheimer's treatment. Using the Alzheimer's disease model, mice researchers were able to confirm that daily oral administration of B. breva A1 reduced the cognitive dysfunction normally induced by amyloid beta. By the way, you can find this Bifidobacterium brevistrain A1. Bifidobacterium brevistrain A1. You can find it in stores. You can get them online. And so what you want to do is you want to take it daily. The mechanism it works is that it suppresses amyloid beta induced changes in gene expression in the hippocampus. Factors like aging, diabetes, sleep, circadian rhythm impact the effect of bacterium on the brain. Researchers think that decades of factors like diet, stress, aging, genetics disrupt gut gut permeability and the integrity of the blood-brain barrier, allowing the entry of inflammatory agents and pathogens causing inflammatory response in the brain. So, with 23andMe and all these other genetic um, uh, testings, it's very easy to find out if you've got the, um, you know, the genetic predisposition. 
or you may actually have a family member like your parent or your siblings with Alzheimer's. That does not mean, okay, well, I'm doomed to have it. I mean, that's, that really ticks me off when people say that. It's kind of like if you are not doing well, it's not math does not come easy to you. You can live your life saying, oh, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math. Or you can decide, hey, I'm not good at math, but I'm not going to live my life like that. I'm just going to have to work harder. So if you have a genetic disposition, if you know someone who has it, there are so many other factors that are involved in the chances of you getting Alzheimer's that you actually have a control over. So why don't you concentrate on that and make it an urgent matter because of the fact that you have genetic predisposition. It just doesn't make sense to just sit and submit yourself to, oh, well, I'm going to get this and so screw it. I'm just going to eat crap and, well, that's just what it is. So optimizing your gut flora is a key strategy to preventing Alzheimer's and a host of other chronic diseases. Listen, guys, chronic diseases did not exist to the level they exist now in generations before. And no, it's not because people lived shorter lives because the chronic diseases that we're experiencing now are showing up in much younger people. Everyone is aware of, I mean, the, the, the ICD codes, the, the, the books that we, we go by to report diseases and diagnosis to patients keeps getting thicker and thicker. It keeps changing every year. We're not treating diseases. We're just having a lot more names for things. <laughs> it comes down to the same damn list every single time. Sleep well, think well, eat quality food, eat less, be active, believe in something, have passion in how you, you live your life. And essentially, that's it. At the end of the day, running away and having fear, shadowing your life is not how it works. Avoid processed foods, antibiotics, antibacterial products, fluoridated and chlorinated water. Be sure to eat traditionally fermented and cultured foods along with taking a high quality probiotic if needed. Listen, in the old days, they fermented food because they didn't have refrigeration. There is so much intelligence in the fermented food. Processed food is convenient, but it comes with a hefty price. Fermented foods are out there. It's easy to ferment food. And yes, you do have time. With COVID, we all have time. And even if there was no COVID, and I look forward to that day, there is always time. It's a matter of priority. It's a matter of time management. All you have to do is Google how to ferment whatever it is you like. There are places you can purchase these that are quality. One of the best fermented foods is natto which you can get from Japanese stores. 
that's fermented soybean. I'm not a big fan of soybean because most soybean are genetically modified. So natto has high quality um, probiotics. Time-restricted eating or fasting, like I said, is another important strategy. Reducing polyunsaturated fatty acids found in vegetable oils, edible oils, seed oils, trans fats, and plant oils. A high-fat, moderate protein. When I say high-fat, I'm not talking about crappy fat. I'm talking about quality fat. I'm talking about, believe it or not, saturated fat. Saturated fat is animal fat. Fat Saturated fat is coconut oil. It's solid fat. The problem with animal fat that you can get, the kind of animal meat that we get, is these poor animals are treated like crap, fed junk, and their fat is worth nothing they're highly damaging because all the garbage they feed them are fat soluble they get stored in the fat that i'm saying now high fat is good for it for you the kind of fat i'm talking about is nuts it's animal fat it's quality fat low net carb ketogenic diet is ideal for preventing degeneration uh, that leads to Alzheimer's and this is also helpful to nourish a healthy gut. There is a Dr. Dale Bredesen, professor of molecular and medical pharmacology at University of California, Los Angeles School of Medicine and author of The End of Alzheimer's, the first program to prevent and reverse cognitive decline. According to him, maintaining a healthy gut is one of the healthy lifestyle parameters. Exercising, ketogenic diet, optimizing your vitamin D and other hormones, increasing sleep, meditation, detoxification, eliminating gluten and processed foods. That's what it boils down to. Pay attention. Use the internet to your advantage. Look things up. Learn from other cultures that have quality life. The Blue Zone Diet. The Blue Zone Diet is from seven countries throughout the world that live the longest, healthiest lives. Even though these seven countries are throughout the whole world, they're not all gathered in one region of the world. They all share the same thing. They're all active. They eat quality food, even though that food varies. They all have some degree of spirituality in their lives. The sense of community is high. The support system is high. And listen, you can do that. 
who knows, maybe all this COVID thing, maybe that's what it's supposed to be creating for us. We're so used to being entertained by strangers, by strange things that we've forgotten the closest things to us. So I invite you, if you're concerned about Alzheimer's, I invite you to look around you, look at the quality of your life, look at how you can change it, look for resources and invest in resources that are out there that you feel you need to have some help with. All this hard work should be spent to bring quality. Quality is not a more expensive car or a brand name clothing. Quality is who you are and how you live your life. How is your health? That's the biggest investment because everything else is second to it. You will spend every penny you have to get the health that you may not have. So I invite you to make this a beginning of new era for you. By the time this episode airs, we're almost end of the year, 2020, and a new year is about to begin. I'm not a big fan of uh, new year resolution by any means. I think it's not smart to wait until the beginning of a new year to do something that you should be doing right this minute. She should have done yesterday (laughs) for that matter. So please think about what I said, what I've been sharing with you and take control of your life. You're so worth it. Until next time, take care.